Welcome to episode 55 of the Acario podcast. In today's episode, Shane talks with Jan Broders. Jan coaches high performers from around the world and consults corporations on stress management initiatives and leadership programs. Jan himself dived into this work after age 27. He actually physically collapsed himself due to burnout. After this, he actually had to spend some time in a clinic recovering physically, mentally and emotionally. But after this experience, this led him to a deep dive into personal development, mindfulness meditation, and starting his own coaching practice. Yeah, so it's fair to say, this guy, when he speaks, he speaks from experience. And in this conversation, Jan and Shane talk about burnout, they talk about stress, they talk about how to ensure that you can become a high performer without it leading to burnout, stress, overwhelm, and other negative effects. The show notes for this episode can be found, as always, at acario.com forward slash 055. And with that, let's dive in. Jan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. So there's several things that I think we can talk about that are going to be interesting. Yeah. And one of them is uh, stress and burnout and let's say going too far in the pursuit of success. And this is something that obviously, you know, everyone in the audience here is interested in learning how to improve their lives. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, high performance kind of people, right? Success chasing people, a lot of entrepreneurs and builders. And this is such a common thing that we, we get into this, we, we start building something and we get into the habit of workaholism really we become workaholics right mm -hmm. and it's almost like you can't shut it off like because maybe in the beginning building a business it, it requires that you put in your life and soul in order to get something off the ground but then it's so common that you can't shut it off yeah. even once the business is successful and i had this too by the way it took me so long it took me so long to to get out of these habits of just being at my computer all day, working all the time, even if it wasn't necessary. So very, very difficult. And I, I know you have a personal experience with this that, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love for you to share with, with the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just from what the things that you shared, there's so many uh, great points to, to touch on already. Um, the word success, uh, workaholism. Um, so, so I'm sure we will speak about those things uh, throughout, throughout the call. Uh, yeah. My, I, I'm so interested in this topic because I have a, have a personal story with this. Uh, one thing that completely changed my life and that got me on this, uh, this track of supporting other people with, with it. So um, in my first career, my first life, uh, I was in hotel management and uh, not just, mm -hmm. okay, I work at the reception a little bit or I know I serve some tea or so, but like full on um, like high potential program, one of six people in all of Europe, in this program to become a general manager of a five-star hotel within a few years. Uh, quite demanding. Uh, I felt amazing about it because I was one of the chosen, like a few chosen and all. And it all worked very well. And in terms of getting new positions and being able to change my LinkedIn profile title, like, oh yeah, that was like the, the most important days always. Oh, now I'm going to do this. Now I'm that. And oh, like receiving all the congratulations on LinkedIn. And um the last position that I did, I was in revenue management where you determine the rates of every night, right? It changes every night, just like flights. Mm -hmm. right? If you don't book mm -hmm. by Sunday night, it might change on Monday or so. 
that's what we do with hotel rooms as well. And I'm going to my office in the morning, very long weekend, worked on the weekend again. Um, and I want to go to my office and I have to cross the hotel lobby. And it's a beautiful five-star marble lobby, like fantastic. Uh, it's, it's like an atrium. It's 12 stories high mm. or so. And in the middle of that place, I get the, the craziest panic attack and I collapse and faint and uh, it just my body just completely shuts down, right? And mm -hmm. extreme chest pains in my left arm and like chest pain, left arm, heart attack. Oof. Oh no, you know, like all those yeah, things. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like in your mind, you're already uh, in your grave and uh, all very dramatic and people standing around you, oh, ambulance is coming. And um, while I was laying there on this cold marble floor, I'd ripped my tie off. I'd taken my, my jacket off. I'd taken my shoes off. I was laying half naked, essentially, surrounded <laughs> by guests and colleagues and whoever wanted to join in. Um, and there's this thought coming, okay, Jan, either you're going to die now or something's going to change, but both is better than what you're doing right now. And mm. I was very shocked by that. I just remember like, what? I thought I was doing amazing. I thought mm -hmm. I, I was, I was doing everything right. And I, I was successful and, and all. And, um, yeah, that just really shocked me and showed me, okay, maybe not everything is going right. And. So that really got me on this whole track, um, yeah, looking at my life from another perspective and paying attention more closely. And we can dive into some of those things here, but um, I just noticed I am not successful. And that's why when mm. you mentioned earlier, many people, they're successful people on the path of success. And whenever I hear that, I, I become very aware that, oh, okay, you mean financial success or economic mm. success also, right? We have a quite a fixed definition of, of what success means. And I was successful in that sense. But as a human being, um, I failed miserably. I wasn't a very successful hotel manager because ending up in hotel lobby is not, is not a yeah. cape fly you want to meet, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> many? It's been zero days since someone fainted in the lobby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and that, that really got me, got me into this because first, for myself, I wanted to, to heal myself. And then after a few years, people started approaching me saying, Hey, Jan, you live very differently now than you did back then. They, they knew me from back then and you were quite stressed and <laughs> this walking zombie. What did you do? Can you support me? And this is how this whole coaching business started. Mm -hmm. And, and um, now, and this is why I was a few minutes late. I was just coaching company here on the island of Mallorca where I live now. And I help them with that as well. And it's just really fulfilling for me now to see people improve their lives because I know how horrible it feels. Yeah. yeah. And so are you, are you mainly targeting this kind of overworked professional and helping them like de-stress and, and bring balance mm -hmm. to their lives? Is that like your target clientele? Um, yes. I think it's, it's oftentimes that's the pain people are experiencing that oh, it's just too much. It's like overwhelm or, oh, well, really like that. That's the pain. People would then call it stress or overwhelm, but it's okay. Relationships aren't going as, as well anymore, yeah. either with a spouse, with the kids. That's another thing Like I just don't have time for my kids. I'm on my phone at the playground all the time, things like that. And at some point people or parents are noticing maybe that's not, that's not the parent I want to be, but I, I can't really get out of it. Yeah. Um, or yeah, just crisis at work in one way or another, not being able to perform anymore or just conflict. Conflict is really a big thing. I think that's a great symptom of stress mm. is conflict. And that's the people I work with. Um, and yeah, and companies will also do like mindfulness programs or burnout prevention programs or things like this. Mm. 
Yeah. So another thing that I just want, want to mention because just kind of struck me as you were talking about your story about the, the LinkedIn profile update. Yeah. I think that's, that's quite significant because um, I, I think a lot about human behavior and I think that you know, because so much human behavior is, is unconscious. We're not consciously making choices. We're kind of just along for the ride a lot of the time. And I think incentives are, are really important. And that's one of the things that I think can lead us down a destructive path where you are in a situation where you have some signals that um, that give you gratification or validation. And that can be, yeah, you update your job description on LinkedIn, people congratulate you, you get a raise, you get some other thing that kind of validates. And that feeling, that feeling of validation, that feeling of progress, the feeling of I'm on the right path can be so attractive that you you just end up chasing that without realizing that you're neglecting every other part of your life. Yeah. And the same can be, it can be, um, it can be just money, right? You just try to make more and more money, and and at some point you wake up and realize, oh, there's there's more to life, right? Very common story, basically. Yeah. But it can also be the kind of thing where people are like cloud chasing, or you know, there's so many creators who are essentially they're on some platform, maybe on YouTube, and they're churning out video after video, they're getting more and more views, they get this validation from the views, but they're just stressed out of their minds. They're not even making that much money. It's just somehow you've become captured by this reward mechanism. And you've forgotten that there's more to life in a way. And I think that happens more easily than, than we expect. Yeah, 100%. And finally, I just mentioned like the KPI, like in, in, in a humorous way, right? It's not the KPI you want to meet. But yeah. in a way, it is it is like we're, we're subconsciously measuring KPIs, so we would never call it that, but mm -hmm. uh, we are measuring our success by the, the number of followers we may have or the amount of money we make or the title on the LinkedIn or how many years it took me to become whatever. Um, and mm -hmm. in coaching, I always love to think in questions, right? What question is the person asking um, him or herself? And in that sense, somebody's only asking questions uh, how much money am I making? How can I make more? Like it's it's only in one arena. Yeah. But and a really yeah, yeah. more interesting question could be, um, I don't know, quite quite simple. But am I happy? How am I feeling? Mm -hmm. uh, am I am I embodying the person I, I I would admire if I saw that person? So right, yeah, could, could be different questions. Uh, but yeah. as you say, through the rot we rot system that is built, everything is geared towards one arena only and um mm -hmm. yeah that's a shame and it, it has to lead us into imbalance because we only focus on one area of our life um, yeah and i think it, it can actually be quite difficult because you almost have to make a sacrifice right if you if you're on the path on the career path on the entrepreneurial path and things are you're making a lot of money let's say it's almost like you you have to say no to i'm going to story of the guy who made you know the millions in his teas or something it's like and say i'm gonna spend a weekend higher so that i <laughs> you know that i have a life uh, it's almost like this trade-off for well what points am i going to get for having a more balanced life for spending more time with my friends yeah. or whatever like there's not the same reward there's not the same social reward essentially or external reward so it almost feels like a sacrifice which is bizarre but but i think that's what it feels like yeah and i think that that's that's um, I, I want to challenge this a little bit. I think there's some some truth to this, but I think it's also the way of thinking that keeps many of us 
in that hamster wheel on the treadmill, whatever, because the idea is it's an either mm -hmm. or it's an either or scenario. It's like yeah. either I'm making money or I'm being a good father. Um, it's interesting. Like even if you phrase it that right, either making more money or a good father, but many of us, we're still choosing money, right? <laughs> even in this, yeah, in, yeah. In this equation, it's like, Oh yeah. dude, well, um, how did you, how did you, Get to have kids. How did that um, happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just a funny thing too. As somebody just I, I was I was on a conversation the other day and somebody said, Oh, isn't this amazing? Because we just had another baby um, two months ago. And he said, Oh, isn't it amazing? Mm. And you can sort of make your own schedule and now you have time for your for your baby. And I said, Yeah, that's amazing. And I had time to make a baby, which <laughs> back in the day <laughs> I, I never saw my, saw my <laughs> I <wouldn't have> had, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so sort of by default, um, you're also leaving people out becoming parents who are working too much no but but in all seriousness um i think it's we view it as an either or scenario and mm -hmm. um maybe to a certain extent it is but i want to i want to introduce the idea okay is free time or relaxation time with my children time looking after my body adding to my success all right like this is whole world of people who i you know work out a lot because they say well that's really adding my adding to my success and um mm -hmm. And yes, and I think it is. And there is uh, something it's called the um, York Stotson law. It's like some two Harvard um, professors. And it's like this um, half circle sort of bowl. And it's like on the lower end, there's no stress at all. And your performance is super low. Right. Okay. So mm. if there's no stress, no demands. You don't perform. And in the most extreme, it's bore out that you experience. If there's no stimuli and you work in an assembly line or so. You might bore mm. out. Right. And have mm -hmm. and then and then the stress rises and your level of performance rises uh and then there's this tipping point where more added stress every unit of more stress decreases your level of performance and um i think in the end it's the art of playing in that in that field and knowing when it is too much and when it is no longer adding to my performance and being really really mindful of that because um, at that point, you need to change some habits and some views on the world because you're always used to doing more, doing more, doing more, and it's all working, 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 working. And at some point, you, it's eating itself up, right? It's what what has yeah. what has been a great gift and was adding to your success is now taken from your success. So it's not you cannot unlimit, unlimitedly. I have to say that add add work and add work time. This the yeah, point. yeah yeah. So the either or thing only works up to a certain point. Yeah. Like what you were mentioning, taking I think, from... yeah, I think, yeah, 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 no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that's, that's also something that I think, I think working hours is a good example of that because there's only so many hours you can work. Even if you're some, even if you're an absolute beast at working, there's only so many hours you can work before your focus fades and before your performance fades to the point where you might as well not be working. Yeah. And, and I think many of us or many people who experience these stress and burnout symptoms are spending a lot of time. Uh, working into that zone of just completely diminished returns, yeah. uh, but it, it can be difficult to to like acknowledge that and change your habits. Yeah. And so that's something I'd, I'd love to hear from you as someone you work with people who struggle with this, and you clearly see many stories. You see, you know, what works and what doesn't work. Can you tell us a bit about? Yeah, can you tell us a bit about that? Like, what kind of if you have a client who's who's like we said on this path they're they're they've maybe experienced burnout already or it's it's coming for them and they're coming to you for help what are the kind of things that 
um, that you do with them. And can you tell us maybe some things that you tried maybe earlier on in your coaching and realized this doesn't work and some things yeah. that do work? Yeah, I think the like the easiest that someone would say, oh, I just have to stop working at six or something and I have to mm. introduce workout time, like all those things, right? Like a simple solution. Oh, okay, I just balance it. And um, while that might wor work a little bit in terms of, okay, you don't no longer work 14 hours, but only maybe 10 or so, so your body um, relaxes that way a little bit, it can add a lot of more stress because all of a sudden we are mm. what you were mentioning before. Oh, no. There's anxiety because I'm away from work and while I'm at the gym and trying to do something for my body, really, it feels even more stressful, right? So um, mm. I, I would recommend somebody to find a hobby, to go running, to move your body, to spend time with your kids, like do all that, yes, but that alone is, is not going to change much because the, I'd say the program running the, the person is still the same. So, um, mm. so what, what really works and unfortunately it's not an easy fix it's not it's not easy it's quite simple but it's not easy it's to to reconstruct that's how i would call it reconstruct the building that somebody is living in the world that somebody is living in what's the what's the foundation of this building the, the low-bearing walls the pillars the, the roof whatever and that means okay is there the idea only when i work a lot i can make a lot of money you know like beliefs and and just rules somebody lives by and naturally that person if there is this really, really strong belief and conviction, um, in German, there's this, this quite uh, funny saying, um, first the work, then the relaxation, entertainment or so. And it's like many Germans work by that. It's like, no, mm -hmm. no, I have to put a lot of, lot of in it. Then at some, yeah. someday I can enjoy this. So, and um, so this person will never be able to relax because there's this internal rule, right? So what we do really mm -hmm. is a lot of looking at those internal things and looking at what is the program that somebody runs on and um and finding my experience i always want to find this one thing that was adding to the success which is now eating it up like i was saying earlier um as an example i have a client um he did the whole really successful entrepreneurial thing sold the company for a few hundred million euros um, and is still living in the same hustle mode and it might have been amazing back then probably not in our areas but it worked for him economically and all that but now he wants to have a family and live with his wife, but it's still in hustle mode. And mm. the program that was once serving him tremendously, it's, it's ruining the marriage. It's, it's, it's hard on the children, yeah. it's hard on health, and it's, it's no longer working. And that, I think that those are some of the programs we need to find, what was once working, which is no longer working. So to answer your question, mm. like in a nutshell again, pure habit change, yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with sleeping more, nothing wrong with eating healthy, nothing wrong with doing all those things. Um, but in order for it to to sustain the change, we need to look inwards and look at, at all those things. Yeah. And and funny funny story then is uh, my experience when looking at all these high achievers and very accomplished people, like I said, this entrepreneur, um, some executive from uh, yeah, companies like Siemens or Mercedes or things like that, they're there's some level of insecurity often, which of course we don't want to admit because we have these high positions and we're in a position of power and we're being admired and we make big decisions and all this. But oftentimes there's some funny, subtle level of insecurity that lets us work at that level that prohibits us from saying no and for almost standing up for ourselves and um, 
looking after mm. ourselves. And uh, sometimes that's shocking because these are very accomplished people, high-performing people. Um, but in a way, they are not fully making all decisions themselves, but almost being pushed by this whatever feeling that may be. And once we're able to solve that to a certain extent, it's like, oh, I'm finally mm. able to, to say what I really want, to work in the way that I really want, that I really enjoy. And um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's less money afterwards. So I've seen people, um, that's not an entrepreneurial space, now this is an example from the corporate world. She was working for this promotion forever and was never deemed good enough. And we worked together. She worked less and more relaxed way. And all of a sudden she's being promoted. Right, because people could say, "Well, yeah, we can trust her now because she's no longer this yeah. manic <laughs> workaholic." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, and so it can add, it adds to your success. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not in yeah, no, that's yet. yeah, yeah, that, that that resonates a lot. So, um, one thing that came to mind for me is also I, I've definitely experienced this too that what worked to a certain degree starts working against you and. Um, yeah, for me, an example of that was, you know, letting go of the kind of solopreneur mindset, right? Once I started growing a team and really learning to actually rely on other people and getting out of this mindset of just doing everything myself, it was really difficult for me. But that was exactly one of those things is if you work with people and you still try to control everything and do everything yourself, it's just, it, it's like you're putting the brakes on everything. Yeah. And, uh, but it can be difficult to, to switch. And yeah, like you say, um, it makes sense that like, once you realize it, once you realize here's how my behavior is actually counterproductive, that's, that's a necessary step, I guess, to yeah. then be able to change. Because, um, yeah, I, I really like how you say that, you know, if you just, if you're a workaholic and you just go step away from work and go to the gym, then you're just going to be anxious about it. I think that's, that's a really good point. Like it's, if you don't actually change your mind about it, you're just, it's going to, it's, it's not going to feel good, right? All you yeah. want is to be back at work, basically. That's, yeah, exactly. I can also relate to that. <laughs> yeah. and, and I would even describe it in the way that it's like, that's, let's say that's behavioral level, right? And what I was speaking mm -hmm. for before was more like mental, emotional. And the, the issue of workaholism is not a behavior issue. It's not generated in behavior. It's like by default, you just work a lot. It's not, it's yeah. not like a wrong behavior. It's like the behavior is a result of something. Right? But if you only yeah. try to, to work on the behavioral level, maybe at some point, like if you for a long time you work you work less, at some point maybe your whole system says, oh, fuck it, I just stop being anxious because <laughs> now for years I've only been working 10 hours. But yeah, it's still, this impulse is still there and you will still feel horrible about it. Yeah, 100%. Um, so how can we get yeah. at these stories and beliefs? Like... Yeah, if you know, if I wanted to identify, okay, are there such beliefs that I have that might be getting in my way right now? How would I find out? I guess that most people are not just immediately aware of that, right? No, no, no. And I think that's something fun. Yeah, just look at your limiting beliefs, right, and, and turn them around with whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be really easy. Um, to, in my experience, it takes pure honesty with ourselves. Like that, that's like a prerequisite for it. Really being honest mm. with ourselves. And what I see in the world is that very successful people, like truly successful, not only, okay, I've worked my ass off, I, I have a few million dollars and I'm miserable and do coke every night or so, mm -hmm. um, but like truly successful, I witness them to be quite um, honest and very self-aware. They know themselves quite well 
and they're also ready to admit um, weaknesses or flaws or like you say those oh well actually there is this thing this i'm i'm still stuck in the solopreneur thing solopreneur mindset um i'm aware of it and i'm ready to admit it openly right you, mm -hmm. you just said it um, to the world basically and um, <laughs> And that's that's the, I think the first step: being really honest with ourselves to to not try to uphold a facade and an image. And no, no, I don't need this really. But because what what I would often hear, and maybe somebody listening now would catch themselves as well. Say, oh, I just need to I just need to plan a little bit better. Oh, yeah, it'll it'll get better next month. It's just it's just October is quite tough. Yeah, um, <laughs> twenty twenty two. I just had this one. I need to get this off the ground, Jan. You don't understand what's going on here. Oh, really. yeah. You know it's. And we all recognize that self-talk or we talk to others. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, you don't understand. It's just, yeah, it's just busy time, you know, like uh, post-COVID. It's, it's always like, an exception. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, And it's always like, yeah, you don't understand. It's really, mm. it's really tough now. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's quite funny. And it's also this thing, um, yeah, yeah, it'll get better next week. Or I just need to plan better. Really, I, I just need to plan better. I just need to do it. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's not the solution. So your question, um, how, do, how do you look at those? Um, it's really, it's, it's a level of practice, self-awareness, observing ourselves, what's going on. Okay. What are moments? Uh, when do I feel how, like during the day, let's say, okay. Are there moments where I just feel miserable? Are there moments where I feel stressed? Are there moments where I feel overwhelmed or where, um, the, this, I think it's observation of the, of the emotional level. And then what really leads to that as well, which is sometimes maybe somebody who's never, not very connected with that. Because if we're in our head all the time and working, 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 oftentimes we don't even feel our body. Like somebody, you know, I don't know what stress feels like. I, I don't know. Like there's no body <laughs> awareness anymore, um, which, which is fine. It's difficult at that level. But another thing could be of the mental chatter. Okay, what are like typical things that could be coming up for you to cause you to work more and to want even more? And that's the... Um, um, what could it be? I just quickly need to, I had the example the other day with, with somebody and that was like the signal word was, yeah, it'll be done quickly or something. It was just like, oh, I just mm -hmm. need to. And we realized mm -hmm. whenever that comes up, she's really getting into that direction, completely taking too, on too much. And it never takes only a little, little while. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's, I just, I just quickly do this. I just quickly do that. And, um, so it's really a level of self-awareness, observing our mental chatter. What are like signal words that we that we might be saying um, that lead us into that type of behavior? Mm. And from there, we can then question: Okay, what's the underlying? What's the rule here? Why why am I saying this? So maybe easier than a belief or so. It sounds quite abstract. That we can call it: What are the rules that you live by? Mm. And um, again, rather than just coming up with the rules looking for symptoms indicators in the moments when we could dig for the rule yeah yeah, yeah. is that yeah that's very interesting easy to understand i'm not sure of <laughs> no i do i mean i yeah. can i can totally relate to what you're mm -hmm. saying like both from myself and also from working with other people right or this kind of brushing it off right there's there's different ways to brush it off one of them is oh it won't take long or uh, don't worry about it or yeah even like the, the kind of excuse oh you know you're taking on too much and you're taking on more saying oh this is just a little thing it won't make a difference yeah. right yeah. there's already too much yeah. <laughs> but you're somehow telling yourself this is fine um and also the 
yeah, this idea that, oh, it'll be, it's only this month or it's only until this project is finished and so on. And invariably what happens is by the time this project is finished, there's two others. And now that's the reason, and it just keeps going. And it's almost like you always find a way to kick the can down the road. You always find a way to pretend like this isn't a problem yeah. <laughs> because it's somehow an exception and it's just a little thing and so on. But it's, it's yeah. like, and nobody else it clearly understand. is a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody else gets it. So, so yeah, just being, I think that's, that's really interesting. And that, that is something to look out for because now that you mention it, I've definitely done this and I've seen this in, in, you know, overworkers a lot. There's always some excuse. There's always this kind of story. And it's, so it's almost like looking for how do you minimize the problem? How do you brush it off? How do you extend the deadline for when you're going to deal with this? Yeah. That might be a good place to start. Yeah. 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 And I find it interesting really to, we all, um, so it's like, like along the side, we all experience stress differently with different stress symptoms, right? Like in, in my, in my, my world, mm -hmm. I love to distinguish between mental, physical and emotional and behavioral, right? Mental, I know, not being able to concentrate, emotional, maybe starting to cry or starting to be really angry, um, physical, mm -hmm. back pain, not being to sleep and behavior could be smoking too much or more or at all or drinking more or uh, not picking up the phone when friends are calling. I, I remember me doing that, right? My family is calling, mm -hmm. my friends are calling back in the day and I'm just, oh, can't be bothered. Like, this is not this. Don't you get how much I have to do? Like, you're calling me now, yeah, yeah. right? Nobody understands. Yeah. Um, so those are different dimension. And the first thing, again, it's all, for me, it's all about building awareness about yourself. I think that, that that really is key. There is no prescription. Oh, just do this and you will never be stressed. That, that doesn't exist. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it really is about self-awareness, discovering yourself. What is the program you are run on like that is running you? What are the rules you live by? And also here, mm -hmm. looking out, what does stress feel like in my world? How do I experience it? And again, that's then a starting point, like a signal. Oh, let me look out. What what just happened? I'm I'm having two beers tonight. Usually I only have one. Or, or I, I feel this mm -hmm. urge to drink tonight. What's going on? It's already a stress symptom. And um, the dramatic thing, in my opinion, is that most of these stress symptoms that are clearly stress symptoms have become normal in, in our society. And they're partly being right. celebrated, right? They're partly being celebrated yeah. as as a sign for, oh my God, he's a hustler. He, like, he's a go-getter. Like, no, he's an alcoholic and he can't sleep. <laughs> There's nothing <Yeah. laughs> nothing glorious about that, yeah. right? But we, yeah, yeah. there's this whole scene like this. So again, awareness building, build a little table for yourself, the four dimensions. How did you experience stress in your life? And um, once mm -hmm. that is in our awareness, uh, we can hopefully no longer, like you say earlier, brush over the twitching in our face, like the nervous twitching around our eyes, on the cheeks or so. It's, I know that back in the day I was sitting in the office and, oh, I just probably need two more coffees. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I did. You know, I have 10 coffees a day. And yeah. at some point you sort of get rid of that twitching. But it's, no, that's not a, not part of the normal basic human condition, twitching in your face. That's, it's a sign, yeah, yeah. right? It's something to, to be aware of. And again, looking at that, okay, what's going on here? That something is not 100% aligned. Um, but we need to we need to rec recognize it and realize it first. Self awareness mm. is key for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I I agree that this is this is a problem where a lot of 
problematic behavior is basically normalized. Like you said, it's having 10 coffees. Yeah. The idea that you can't talk to me before I've had my third coffee or something. It's like, that's, <laughs> that probably shouldn't be normal, yeah. but it kind of is, right? Yeah, it's so funny. Um, no, it's just, I would met my son, like a five-year-old son, and he loves animals, right? He loves animal documentaries. And they always be described, oh, mm -hmm. it's the... I don't know, whatever. It's the wolf, a husky. And, and just imagine there was a documentary about humans. And the, oh, mm. this, we see a human. He's having his third coffee, so he may be ready to talk to somebody now. As if it was <laughs> yeah. documenting yeah, yeah. a human being, that wouldn't be part of the documentary. Was, oh, now yeah. we have the normal face twitching at 12 p.m. again. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, exactly. And and I think that's, I mean, for me, I've always been very nonconformist, but it, I've always felt like if I want to get extraordinary results, then I have to do extraordinary things. But extraordinary doesn't mean doing more of what everyone else is doing. I think that's pretty dangerous, right? Because that then goes, okay, well, everyone else is working 10 hours. I got to work 14 hours. Everyone else has five coffees. I got to have 10 coffees, right? It's like, then you're just doing more of what the crowd is doing. So, and I get the, the reason I'm saying that is because I guess this is what I have used as a, as a framing to make myself comfortable with doing things that are weird, right? Because it's, and, and it's easier as an entrepreneur if you, because you can, you're more self-determined, but I think it's, it's harder in, uh, in maybe a corporate setting where you have colleagues and, and things like that, where if you're the one person who doesn't drink coffee, the one person who doesn't come out for alcoholic drinks afterwards, it's difficult, right? Um, but I think for me that, that kind of reframing has helped me where it's almost like, a confirmation that I'm doing something right if I'm not just doing what everyone else is doing in that sense. Yeah. And the funny thing is what everybody else is doing now could be working 16 hours a day, right? So a nonconformist could then also mean, hey, if I want to distinguish myself, so they're reaching certain levels mm -hmm. of stress, you know, like stress, it's like a <laughs> of success and stress. That's, that's, a that's cool brandable. Word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of sex stress. Um, so maybe then to distinguish yourself from that is, like you said, oh, outsourcing more, um, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever it may be, right? Uh, being, being more productive. Yeah. Uh, and, and if we speak about this again, the whole success and also mindset, the rules we live by, it would be really interesting to then look at, okay, what is it that you're trying to achieve here, right? Is it, I, mm -hmm. And it could be, hey, I, I want to make, I don't know, 10 million a year in, in, in profits and that, that's just what I'm interested in. Yeah, okay, cool, amazing. Um, and, and what does that give you, right? Is, is yeah. that, and that's another way you said earlier, okay, how can you get towards those beliefs and also, again, questioning your motives, right? Because mm. you might be arriving at something very uncomfortable, like then my daddy will love me or something, right? And now we're going like <laughs> the psychological here. But it could be, wait, let's solve that and you make 10 million and you're truly happy and you're not just trying to prove it to the rest or to, to the people who yeah. were mean and back in the day or stuff. Like, we all have our own stories and our own reason. Um, it would be amazing mm. if you were like, fully honest, authentically chasing those 10 million, but, but from, from another place, you know, like where yeah. really proactive. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. Without like the inadequacy that, that feeds it, right? That, yeah. That's yeah. 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 And that's that's a difficult that's a difficult place to get to. But I, I agree. That's like um and that's also where it's not an either or where you can yeah. you can be highly ambitious and, and, and chase these big goals without it coming from this toxic place, basically. Yeah. 
but uh, but that's a tricky thing. But I I did I did want to ask you about this. Um, you already kind of started talking about this, like goals essentially. How how do goals come into this? Yeah. Because um, again, just to share my perspective on this, I realized at some point in my life that I had this drive to be as to optimize everything for performance as much as possible. I just felt like I have to perform, um, and everything is about optimizing performance. And at some point. I realized like, well, but why am I doing that? Like at some point it becomes this uh, Sisyphus task almost, right? It's just like get better and better and pushing the boulder up the hill. <laughs> and why? Yeah. Uh, unless you enjoy pushing boulders up hills, you, you have to ask yourself what's going on. Um, and I think for me, it was helpful to then reframe like who I actually want to be and, and what success means for me. And you also hinted at this yeah. in the beginning, when people say success, we kind of have this vision. You probably want to have a lot of money, career success, that kind of thing. And does that come into the work you do with people? Is there a, a bit about like reframing your goals, reformulating your goals? Yeah, yeah. So what, what I find really interesting there is to, to look at what does success mean, mean to you? And um, oftentimes, like you say, is the end goal. It's like something, oh, yeah, if I'm... The first millionaire in my family or if i um yeah i don't know whatever it may be like some goals like this and um and i love love to question why that is like what, what does that goal really give to you why, why is that important to you right and and oftentimes mm-hmm. um this whatever that should accomplish in your life you can find it in another way um so because then i'm free it's like okay <laughs> but you're free already yeah. blah, blah. but of course uh, it's, I don't want to make it the either or thing. I don't want to take the money away from the person. I still want you to make that million, but for, but for the right reasons. Um, and mm. we, we look at, we look at goals at, at big, why, what's your inspiration behind something? Um, like you said, what I, what I love what you said there, we do that to the, who do I want to be? Like what type of person do I want to embody? Right. Also along the way, mm. um, because it's, I think it's this very classic dilemma. It's okay. Once I have this, I will like once X, then Y, um, and yeah. this, it's just a horizon constantly moving and you, you'll never, you mm-hmm. never get there. So it's like those really old um, sayings or so, but if, if you don't enjoy the ride, then it's, you won't enjoy what you get in the end. Right. So um, yeah. w- w- what I love looking at with people as well is what's really important to you. Um, what, what matters to you and more than this, what matters to you, it's what moves you. Uh, so I want to, I want to make it a bit more, emotional but stronger because okay what's important to you uh, i don't know money health yeah. <laughs> friends or so but it's but, but what's really moving you and then basing basing your your goals and so on that so it might be um, and again it's a simple exercise everybody can do um sit down maybe put on some emotional music or something but we write down what <laughs> moved, what has ever moved you in your life what what things have made mm-hmm. you sad what things have made you happy when have you gotten angry? When did you feel something was really unjust? Uh, like really mm-hmm. anything that, that triggered some sort of emotional response. And by looking at all those different things, you may be finding something like a red, red thread or so, a red line. It's like, oh, wait, it really has a lot to do with injustice and people being, yeah. it's like, oh, wow, that seems to be an important topic. So maybe mm-hmm. we can base whatever you're doing and your goals around that. And it'll be, you'll have so much more fire than just, making 1 million because that's in the end it's it can get very uninspiring after a while right it's just like 
make a million, make a million. Okay. But yeah. okay, because I'm making a million in a field that is super important, that's close to my heart, or I'm making a million because I can then part, I don't know, go to schools and speak about bullying or God knows what. But again, finding something that yeah. that is really important to you and that can really fuel you and then building those goals around that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, again, a long answer. <laughs> so questioning goals. No, good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why, 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 why do you have this goal? Oftentimes, at the beginning of coaching you, I like to formulate goals with them and let's track, blah, blah. I want to track with the program. And it's like, I want to make a million. It's like, okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, what, what is, what is, what is that? Like, it's, it's, it's in my mm-hmm. opinion, there's nothing there. Like, why? And what, what's important to you? What inspires you to, to want to have a million? Um, and, and another funny thing I, I could then would then ask, what does our coaching have to do with that? Because I'm, I'm not mm. going to help you make a million. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, what right. I do. it's just, okay. What's yeah. the relationship between our coaching and that million? What do you feel is mm. there? And so, oh yeah. And that just opens, opens a whole new discussion. Um, because I'm not there to help you do something, achieve something. I want to, I want you to grow as a person yeah. and, and, um, yeah, that's just like a side note. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's really interesting, that questioning. I think that it, as simple as it sounds, just asking why repeatedly can be can be really effective to get to the bottom of something. Yeah. And it's also something I observed, you know, with um, especially with my with my work in the marketing space. I've I've had exposure to so many entrepreneurs, right? So many, so many different entrepreneurs. I've seen loads and loads of successes and failures. And something that always struck me that just stands out as a very clear distinction is that the people who succeed are almost always people who love the game in some way. And people who are focused on this kind of, I want to make a million, right? Why are you, why are you building this website? Why are you building this business? I want to make a million or, or however, I want to make more money. That is an almost certain sign of uh, that it's not going to work. If you talk to people who who seem to effortlessly make money, they they often don't care about the money that much. Yeah. Yeah. But they but they love the game. They love the game. Whatever the game is, maybe their game is, um, you know, they yeah they're really good at selling, right? And they have they built this whole sales system, and they're just like, look at me, look at how good I am at converting. And it's like, and they love. What I mean by love the game is that if someone loves the game of selling. They're fascinated by it. They constantly learn about it. They they love tweaking their sales funnel, their sales message, etc. Mm-hmm. And yes, the result is they make more and more money. But they they somehow are just fascinated by the game itself. Yeah, yeah. That, that brings brings something uh, to mind. Study um, around dopamine. That there's this I don't forget his name. This guy, like this new neurologist, like writes about dopamine now, and um, mm-hmm. says the dopamine like is really being released. When you're when you're wanting something, like in, in the lead up to mm. something, and then it's not so much okay. The event you got something, and oh, you got this hit. You're not how you would traditionally view. Oh, your dopamine hit, and that's why you check your phone and blah blah. Yeah. Um, he says like the really interesting bit is the dopamine being released on the way to that, and that's why successful people, as you said, they love the game and they love the creation and they love the the building something, the idea. Okay, this is what I'm going to build, and I get excited about that. Yeah. Right. You can get really really yeah, excited yeah, about yeah. it, and you continue working. And that's where you get the drive and, and, and the positive um, energy. And yeah, that, that's what I definitely see as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And there, and there, what brought this to mind is like, I think if you have something you're working on that is 
actually meaningful to you? I think that's a really interesting question, by the way. I've never never heard someone talk about it like that, where it's like, uh, what do you say? What what touches you or what moves you? Yeah. If you're working on something that actually moves you, that has like this emotional resonance, it's much easier to love the game. It's much easier to be like, I'm getting better at making this thing that is whatever, that's maybe it's something creative that I love or it's a cause that I love or it's just something that's meaningful to me. It's basically irrational. Like, why? Who cares? But for some reason, yeah. I respond yeah. to this in an emotional way and that makes it easier to actually like the process. Yeah. And what's really, what I observed as well is when we can then um, make this what moves, what moves me about others, oftentimes I can even develop more drive and I can overcome... Um, mm low motivation because I'm no longer making for myself and I, I get out of bed because I yeah. know there's whatever hungry children waiting out there that I want to donate part of my money to. It's like, this is not yeah, only about yeah, me yeah. having a bad day and not getting my shit done, but, um, and it's, and, and the same also, it's not about me. Um, when I overwork tonight, I'll feel shit in the morning for sure. We all know this. Like you might feel amazing. I've got to work until two or three right? mm. next morning. I've, I've never <laughs> seen anybody who then gets up and says, oh, thank God I did this. I, it's so, I feel so much better <laughs> yeah. today, right? Like, the first half of the day, you're just recovering. You're like, oh my gosh, shit, why did I do this? And I, what did, why did it take so long? Like, usually only takes that, yeah. right? And so um, you might even catch yourself there and say, hey, this is not only about me, about giving me this little sense of accomplishment of working until 2 a.m., but this is for a greater cause. And I really need to look after mm -hmm. myself. Yeah, I need to... Um, regulate myself in this way um yeah. there was one more really interesting thing that you said the uh love the game yeah yeah totally and i see this as well that that many people really really very successful like extremely successful they just really really loved it and it wasn't so much about the money and the money was sort of following um mm -hmm. as a consequence oh another thing that i just thought of i was speaking with a yeah i didn't even know who he was when i first met him and then it turns out he's this very famous music producer. Like he produced pretty much all the music that I listened to when I was growing up. It's like, oh shit, you did all that? <laughs> but cool. And um, and then we we're talking about similar conversations that so in my work I want to even more meaning. Like my next level is to make more of a difference and to make it more about about a cause. I want want to remove it even more from myself. And then mm. just, oh my God, I've never seen anybody ask themselves that question. I I don't know anybody who would ask why am I doing this and why am I making this much? What do I make the money for? Or so, and it's like, what? No, really, never. Like in your world, I said no, never. Anybody ever asked this? Wow. It's like, oh, interesting. Um, it seems quite normal for me now, being in my world. But majority of the people never asked that question. I find it's a really powerful one. And then, and then we move into something really, which I would then call fulfillment, right? Not just happiness. Mm -hmm. Happiness kicks and ah. I reached a goal, but like it's it's more of a subtle, it's a softer feeling of fulfillment that just really round and you just really feel feel complete. Yeah. 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 It's like another. Yeah, this is this is great stuff. One more thing I would like to ask. Mm -hmm. Um because yeah, I think that there's there's great takeaways here uh for you know questioning your goals and getting getting at the rules that you live by. I think this is great stuff that is also actionable. Um, so, so thanks for sharing that with us. One more thing I want to ask, like, is there anything that I should have asked, but didn't like, is there anything else from that, that you can share with the audience that maybe we just haven't touched on yet, but that you think people would benefit from? 
Yeah. Um, I think it's really worth looking at, at our emotions. It's funny because um, I'm going to do a, do, a, do a workshop actually with Mercedes-Benz about emotions, emotion at the workplace. And I was really pleased that mm. they accepted this proposal because it's like, oh, people are opening up to that, right? Especially even in that environment. Mm. And I want to speak with people about, and this is what I find interesting for everybody listening to, what emotions are you being, what are steering you? And what emotions are you trying to avoid while overworking? Um, and I feel it's always an emotions game. Um, okay, I don't want to feel inadequate. I don't want to feel lazy. I don't, whatever it may be. Um, it's like, oh, this is what I'm avoiding. And um, in the beginning, in the very like, first sentence that you mentioned, you mentioned the word work, workaholic or workaholism, right? And yeah. it is a form of addiction, right? If we look at the 12-step programs, there's like 23 or 28 of them. You can, you can be anonymous in almost every, anything you want to do. It's like, and, and there is um, anonymous workaholics. I think that's workaholics anonymous. I think it's WA. Um, and it mm -hmm. is a form of addiction. And to me, addiction really always is about not so much, oh, I'm chasing this high, like doing coke or something. It's more I'm running away from another thing. Like I'm trying to avoid yeah. that type of feeling. And I think that there's, there's, there's gold there. There's like, you can really learn a lot about yourself and, and regulate yourself a lot better. If you, if you're honest about this, you discover that a little bit. It, it, again, it's about self-discovery. It's about being honest with yourself. Uh, what emotions am I running away from? And uh, mm. again, this could be an entry point towards looking at the rules of your life and all that. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. we, we underestimate that, especially in, in the business context, business world, because it's not about emotion, to use emotions at home. It's like rational online marketing, especially look at conversions and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but still, that, that's as humans, this is what we, how we function. Yeah. yeah. So the question. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think it's, it's, like you say, it's unpleasant. It, it can be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult to confront this because we're so we're so invested in running away from this and not confronting this. But I've also found that um, my modality for doing this is writing. Right? I write about things like this, and I found that it's often the most difficult writing sessions are about this kind of thing. What am I avoiding and why? It can be really really difficult to write about this, but it's also usually the most cathartic, the most the thing that you're like really happy you did after you get through it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a that's a great leading question too. Yeah. All right, Jan, thank you very much for sharing all this with us. I think this is this has been super valuable. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, loads of people, loads of people have, you know, this class of problem, I think. Mm -hmm. So this is this is some good guidance. Where can people go to learn more about you and from you? Yeah, uh, website janbroders.com. And um, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com slash whatever that is, Jan Borders. Uh, those yeah. are the, the two best places, I'd say. Yeah. And right. um, yeah, happy to happy to, to share information there, to be in touch. And um, also, if you notice, okay, there's maybe something I want to do in my business or for my team. I notice it's not only me, but maybe I'm noticing it within my team, something I did this morning, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's also something I love doing, if, if you want to inquire yeah. about that. Nice. Yeah. Okay, we'll put those links in the show notes, of course, so that people can find you. And yeah, with that, Amazing. thank you very much for sharing. And yes. uh, yeah, this, this is a real pleasure. Again, for me as well. Thank you so much. Thank you.